Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I believe there's a time and a place To let your mind drift and get out of this place Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our first bonus coverage episode of Hijack on Apple TV by Story Archives. I am your host, Mario Busto, alongside Zachary Newton, your other host. Welcome back. Zach, you know me by now. I do. You know one thing? I love Idris Elba, man. Ever since I saw I mean, saw him in The Wire mm-hmm. and Luther. Luther was my first exposure to him as an actor because The Wire came out when I was probably, I don't know, under 10 years old. And that show kind of partly revolutionized cable. In fact, if you look up best rated shows of all time, you'll probably still see The Wire rated as number one on IMDb if it hasn't wow. been dethroned. Wow. Okay. Well, I, Idris, I have not watched The Wire, so you you got me beat there. Well, Idris plays a character named Stringer Bell, and that was really his first, I think, first major role that kind of brought him to his rise to fame. And mm. as we know him now, a household name to the point that the first episode of Hijack, the moment it premiered on Apple TV, zoomed straight to the charts, number one, even on the finale week of Silo. Yeah, it's been crazy. I planet Ted I started watching the hijack sooner than I expected because it jumped so high up the ranks on Apple TV actually but I'm not I'm not disappointed at all in the show. Once again Apple TV hits it out of the park and we actually funny enough um I think I mentioned it just briefly on an episode of our silo series that we just wrapped up on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Uh I did mention check out Hijack out there for all of you. There's a new yeah. show it yourself but it's very good. It's a short series, only seven episodes, so we wanted to do a first of our kind or first of its kind type of series on Story Archives where we do just a two-episode recap. This episode is going to cover episodes one through three of Hijack, so if you haven't watched Hijack, know that this is not just episode one. We're going to be going through episodes one through three. It'll be in the episode title, so hopefully none of you get screwed out there with spoilers. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk a little bit about the show. Let's talk about the synopsis. I want to talk a little bit about the show creators. And just all the craziness that's going on in episode one, two, three. Makes me not want to fly in a plane again, to be completely honest. It's been a, it's been a long time. Well, it's been like four years since I've flown, but. Weirdly enough, I feel safer in a plane watching this show. And because sound- of all of the things that they can, they can see and use to detect everything. Yeah. First and foremost, I just hope my pilot's not having an affair with a, a stewardess. I mean, I was <laughs> screaming, screaming at my TV. I was like, what? What? <laughs> Unfortunately, oh. I, I've I know a lot of people who uh, who work in the industry, and I think it happens more often than, than we'd realize. I didn't know that that um, sentence was going to end like that. I thought you were going to say. Unfortunately, I know a lot of people who have affairs, but that's what I meant, by the way. Oh, really? In, in well, in the ind- in that industry, like, yeah, I I wasn't talking about hijacking happening that often. I hope to right. God that doesn't happen that often. Bonus series coming, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Zach's going to uh, lead host that one. It's going to be called Hijack. It's the T. It's going to be called Hijack After Dark. 
<laughs> after <laughs> dark or after show. We don't have an after show yet. All right, for all of you who are uninitiated, Hijack starring Idris Elba as Sam Nelson is a tense thriller told in real time that follows the journey of a hijacked plane as it makes its way to London over a seven-hour flight and authorities on the ground scramble for answers. It's also a seven-episode series, so they are truly covering it in real time. It would take about a seven-hour flight to get from Dubai to London, approximately. Mm -hmm. So the show is staying true to that. And I found it interesting because the style of the show, and this is probably formulated on purpose here, it's created by George Kay and Jim Field Smith, who both have ties to the Criminal series. I don't know Mm. if you know that series, Zach, but it's a... You would love it. Let me just say you would love it. Each okay. episode is a, is a separate plot and it's a different criminal coming in to get interrogated or questioned by the police. Several countries have done spinoff shows of this. The only one I've seen is UK, uh, but Spain has done, uh, I don't know what other countries have done, but every, a, a lot of countries have done their own version of criminal because it's such an easily uh, copied format. It's, it's terrific. It's a really fun show to watch. And then it's also, they also... Um, I think George K. Let me make sure I'm getting the right guy. George K. created uh, the Lupin adaptation for Netflix, which coincidentally we have done an entire season one or part one commentary of, which we are going to be releasing with our Foundation season two coverage that is coming out on July 14th. So you'll be seeing our Lupin coverage on Netflix. I love that show. I love the Gentleman Burglar, James Bond. Italian job, Ocean's Eleven, heist, planning the heist, getting the crew. I love that. That's mm-hmm. that's I love it. That's my jam. Need that in my life. Um, not literally. I'm, I'm not a thief, but not a nonetheless, thief. Uh, those shows they just you know scratch the itch. You know, it was great. I, I liked Lupin. Uh, Lupin, sorry. Lupin. I am looking forward to the next set of episodes. So I'm 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 ready for it. I'm ready to kind of nitpick at some of the fun little uh i guess gaffes that we have in the show but all in all it it is great yeah very very uh wholesome i I suppose yeah it's funny with apple man they're giving like major stars their own tv series it reminds me of the timothy chalamet commercial where he says apple call me because everyone's getting a series everyone on (laughs) apple has their own series you know so it's like all of the major stars eventually are just going to be headlining a show I mean, but, I think um, it's working well. I, I like seeing these actors in TV shows. It's not something, at least it's not something I've seen that often with some of the uh, the shows that we've had in here, but. I mean, this I is mean, a major, a great job. this is like a major A-lister, man. Like mm-hmm. you're talking, there's very few actors out there who are cinema. Like I'm going to go to the movies because of this guy. There's very yeah. few guys like that out there. DiCaprio is one of them. Brad Pitt's another. Um, I think Idris Elba's there at that at that place. Yeah, wasn't McCon- he rumored? Wasn't he rumored to maybe be uh, the next Double Seven? Yeah, but he's been shooting it down lately because um, hmm. I forget what the reason why. I think he was getting like hate for it, or I don't know. I think I think it had something to do with like some hateful comments he was getting. Hmm. As we've come to know, that hateful comments are very common out there. Yeah, especially I know. especially in the YouTube space. My God, some negative <laughs> some negative people. But thankfully, like they're the one percent. The 99% of you out there are very uh, friendly and positive and nice, but yeah. you know they never make statues of critics, right? But that's no. kind of ironic because we're a commentary show. So yeah. anyways, uh, let's get into this episode right now. We're going to play around with the format here, but I'm going to start by reading a synopsis of episode one, and then we can stop at each individual plot point because we actually pick up with Idris Elba's character. And let me read the synopsis here. 
Corporate business negotiator Sam Nelson boards Kingdom Airlines flight KA-29 from Dubai to London to return to his estranged wife. At the airport, he convinces gate staff to allow fellow passenger Alec on after he narrowly misses the gate closing. I want to talk about that shady guy who is late to the plane because uh, yeah. we, he's a big deal in the opening of episode one. But up till episode three, we still don't know anything about this guy. And we're big on theories on Story Archive. So I will say I have a sneaking suspicion that this guy has something to do with the plan going on here. In fact, he actually pops up on the criminal list in yeah. episode three for um, VAT fraud, which uh, is like some financial fraud, I believe. Yeah. But that's all I saw on that list. I don't, I don't, I feel like the well, show he, wants us to think that he's like a part of this thing, but I, I don't think he is. I think he's just, you know, some shady businessman. Well, funny enough, the other criminal who was on that list was the guy who helped Sam Idris Elba's character fight um, one of the hijackers in the back of the plane. Yeah. So you see that guy with the Rubik's Cube and he goes back there and all of a sudden you think, oh shit, he's going to actually hit Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. No, and then he helps Idris Elba fight the other guy. So I love, I loved that scene. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was funny. Yeah. Go ahead and shoot. Yeah. We actually find out the motive of why Sam is flying back to London and it's to get back with his estranged wife who is sleeping with a detective, which by the way, I, they say Sam... Nelson, who Idris's character in here, I'm going to just call him Sam for the rest of the uh, episode, Okay, is a corporate business negotiator. They bring him in when things start to get ugly, like at the end to bring things to an end. Yeah. Just the kind of guy you'd want in a hijacked plane situation. But I thought he was MI6, like some, like some sort of secret service, you know what I mean? Like some yeah. intelligence agency. And apparently not. I guess he's a corporate business negotiator. That's yeah, I, I thought this was going to kind of take a turn where maybe he wasn't a corporate negotiator, but you know, when you need to call in a negotiator to to help make some some tough decisions, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Yo, you mean like offing somebody? Like I an assassin? I, I I thought it was going to like take some turn like that early on. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, or be some some sort of detective, just some muscle or something like that. But it turns out that that's not the case. He's just uh. Very intelligent. Yeah. Well, the flight gets off to a rocky start because immediately one of the teenage passengers, uh, Naomi, finds a bullet on the bathroom floor and she decides to confide in one of the five people on the plane that you should not confide in. One of the hijackers who, I got to say, was being so friendly that me being from a city, uh, when somebody's just too friendly, you feel like something's up. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately, when this guy was just being so friendly, I was like, ah, something's up with this guy. Yeah. Sure enough, he is one of the hijackers. His body didn't really match the uh, the attitude that he had. Oh, I'm super old-fashioned, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. You got these That's tattoos and everything, but no. <laughs> you know, of course, they make the one guy in the show who's trying to act chivalrous and, like, open the door and, like, mm-hmm. you know. You know what I mean? Like the, the yeah. gentleman is the hijacker. Like, oh, jeez. And that's kind of why I don't think that, that I think his name was Alec that we saw that Mark. was late to the uh, the flight here. Um, Alec, I feel yeah. like they're making us feel like he's a part of this. They want well, us to think that, but I, I just don't think he is. Well, part of me thinks that there's a, you know, there's a, there's one more member of this crew who's, you know what I mean? Like he's kind mm-hmm. of. He's like Jigsaw. You know what I mean? They're looking yeah. for the killer the whole time and, he, and he's actually like his, he's in the bathroom laying down the whole movie, you know? <laughs> it's kind of like, I feel like the actual ringleader is on the plane as well. Yeah. But I, it could be wrong. I, I'm kind of hoping for that sort of uh, um, twist, you know? 
Well, I mean, in episode three, we did get a little a little bit where um, the the leader of this group really, I guess, he goes to make the call, turns the Wi-Fi on, but goes the voicemail. So you could be correct. There's actually like this um, character who's like offering pills to this old lady in the first mm -hmm. episode. Um, that I don't think we get his name, but he ends up becoming kind of like he doesn't. We don't see him again in episodes two and three, but he's a little too involved in episode one to not be a, a character later down the road. Mm. You know, what I'm talking about the tatted guy who offers the pills to the the lady with anxiety, like the old lady. And I remember got, part of the scene. I just can't put a face to it. Yeah, and her husband's like a reverend, and then he's mm. like, "I don't believe in God." Like the moment the plane gets hijacked, yeah. he's like. Yeah, you can give up on those prayers, man. I can tell you one thing, they don't work. You know, yeah. It's like immediately, the moment, you would think like that would be the moment that you maybe go to prayer. You know, he's like straight out the window. He's like, nah, I'm going to well, tell you this right now. They don't work. He's also kind of shady, right? Like, I mean, he's he trying shady. to like, yeah, super can, can you move me up to like a better class? Here's a couple Oh, yeah. Bucks. He tries to bribe yeah. the person for the better seat. I forgot about yeah, that. So I, 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 he might not even be a... a, a reverend or preacher or whatever maybe yeah. it's just a a collar i'm just gonna put this collar on and see if i get some special treatment yeah well we have um marcus the friendly australian sounding guy who helps naomi mm -hmm. uh he expedites the plan when he goes to talk to Stuart, who is their leader the guy who's like the angry guy at the front of the plane pretty much the entire time yeah um he talks to him about starting the plan sooner because they kick off the hijack plan about three hours earlier than they anticipated they were supposed to start it in episode three is when he makes the comment of we would have been starting this right now. Yeah. So not everything's not off to a good start for these people. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. But they do seem to be very prepared because they have a screener at the airport, Neela, who allowed the guns on board. So they have her family hostage or something. We don't know the deal there, but... We do know that uh, whatever is being held over her head is enough that she's allowed these hijackers on the plane with their guns. So, do you think there's like an organized ring that she may have been a part of, or you know, no? I, it, I didn't get the sense that she was just doing this because they had her family, right? Like she seemed confused about why she had to leave to go home later on in the show. Um, well, we find out that she's dead when we well, go to her house that, yeah. in episode two. And unfortunately, the guy who is going above and beyond in his job, who works for the air traffic control, Abdullah, he finds her and then he's killed by, by these, actually like these British cleaners, cleaners you know? Yeah. Uh, but let's just call them assassins because they're pretty much killing and cleaning up the place where, um, I got to say the moment I see these two random guys cleaning in the house that I go to visit to go see my friend. I'm out the front door, dude. I'm not going upstairs to see if she's there. No, man. I'm going to call the cops. They can come back. Yeah. They can check the second floor. I'm not going to be a hero. You know, Especially I don't have a... when they're all decked out in that whole like, in that white suit, cleaning that, outfit. Like, who like, cleans that suit? Jeans, go for it. Whatever. He's eating crap, bro. He's yeah. dead now. So, I mean, that was the last thing he ever did. But Yeah. Nice but guy. It gives, it gives you a seriousness to these killers or these mm -hmm. hijackers because they not only know how to get to a screener who can get them through the airport security. Yeah. They also know that the pilot's having an affair with the blonde stewardess who plays Arthur Shelby's wife, Linda in Peaky Blinders. Mm -hmm. And um, if you've never seen that show, we've also done an entire compendium commentary series of Peaky Blinders or actually the number one Peaky Blinders podcast in the world. Humble brag. But yeah. um, 
You can you can search it up, pals. Right, look it up. It's a great Google. show. I mean, it's another one you got to watch. Binge yep. it. I would listen love to the I, deep dives. I think there's going to be a Peaky Blinders revival when everyone watches Oppenheimer and they realize, oh, <laughs> Cillian Murphy, this guy's an incredible actor. Like, oh, well, he does a master class performance as Thomas Shelby in mm-hmm. Peaky Blinders. So uh, check it out. Yeah. Well, um, the most frustrating part of episode one is the way that they get into the cockpit. Yeah. It's very infuriating. Like, really? I kept saying that to myself out loud. I'm like, really? As a this captain, is too easy. Really? <laughs> as a captain, you have a duty to not open that door. Yeah. And they set this guy up as like, they're lying to you the whole time, right? Like, he wishes mm-hmm. Abdullah a happy birthday when they take off. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, you know, wh- don't do anything I wouldn't do. And he says, oh, well, uh, well, how much does that leave me then? He's like, well, surprisingly less than any man should admit. He says some comment like that in episode one, which makes you think he's this really conservative guy who kind of mm-hmm. like sticking to the book. But you know, everyone's fallible. They can make yep. a mistake and he's definitely having an affair on his wife and uh, doesn't want it to come out and doesn't want his mistress to die. Yeah. I was really disappointed that he turned on his co-pilot and just like beat her face in with a water bottle or something like that. I was like, he beat her to, I mean, to freaking, she got a bigger beating than any of these hijackers beat up anybody on the plane so, so far. So far, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, one of the key things that they need to get into the cockpit for is because they need to immediately turn off this Wi-Fi, yeah. which to me, it's beyond me. Like somebody would have fired off a text. Like I know I would have fired off. A t- you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're going to die anyway. You know what I mean? Like you're, what are your prospects if they take over this plane? Yeah. Everyone's way too calm for, you know what I mean? For what are your options here? Just let them take the plane? Like how, that doesn't turn out well. No, no, it doesn't. I mean, I, who knows what would happen if they didn't open up the doors? They probably would start killing people, but hey, at least you're limited to the people on the plane, as unfortunate as that sounds. And yeah. you can't, I don't know, fly it into a tower or a higher populated area. Yeah. If that's the intent. Yeah. I mean, they don't, they obviously don't know what the intent is, right? And we Mm -hmm. don't either as a show watchers. We still don't know what the motives are of the hijackers. But Sam is very confident in being able to negotiate his way out of this situation so much so as ending that episode one with a twist saying, I want to help you. And he tries to be kind of like this slick uh, Napoleon, not Napoleon, uh, Benedict Arnold type who's betrayed everyone (laughs) on the plane because he simply wants to get back to his family. Yeah. Um, I want to make one more comment. The captain does let the hijackers they, into the cockpit, which kicks everything off. They turn off the Wi-Fi, but before they turn off the Wi-Fi, Sam is able to text his wife about the incident and she passes it on to her boyfriend, D.I. Daniel Farrell, who seems to be like a detective or yeah. um, of some sort. And he works for the, uh, the Metro Police in whatever city, I'm assuming London, uh, um, there, which we find out a little something here. And we can go to episode two because uh, we're watching the scene now where the captain bashes in his co-pilot's head with a <laughs> water bottle. So sad. Yeah. I mean, she got the crap beaten out of her there. Uh, it, it was, I mean, it was a great scene because she's fighting like completely to stop this guy from opening the door. Mm-hmm. And he does a good job of being conflicted and, and you know, he doesn't want his mistress to die. But what is, what's going to happen? If they don't get in that cockpit door, those doors are designed that nobody can get in there. Mm-hmm. they just can't 
they would have to have like I don't know a bomb on that plane in order to to open that door, right? Well, that would just blow up the plane. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's 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 meant for people to not get inside. It's literally the whole point. And you know, it's. I mean, like part of me gets it and all, but at the same time, if their intent is to use the plane as a weapon, you don't let them in. She dies. You let them in y'all die right like that that's that's kind of the balance that you're that you've got here let me tell you just a little joke about the the hijackers the casting department made it made it a point to make the cast the cast of the hijackers as diverse as possible they got <laughs> they got a, a white european guy in there they got an australian they got a woman uh from i think she's like from europe she's european as well they got a, a black um arabic guy i mean they got a hodgepodge of anybody so nobody can be really truly offended uh the only one the only uh representation missing is there's no asian hijacker yet so maybe Dang like there, we're just missing a spanish guy or an asian guy and one of them is the mastermind <laughs> yeah i'm telling you i promise you the guy we haven't met yet uh, i swear i swear watch you're gonna have like my cuban people bro we're not gonna make it on scott free there's gonna be like a random cuban <laughs> on this plane so they're gonna round it out that's what's gonna happen here so <laughs> It's possible. I mean, they got the setup for it already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but uh, this, let me continue here with the, I wanted to talk about his wife because she's pretty much, who's played by, let me, let me get the name up here. I have the whole casting crew name here. Play Christine Adams, who hmm. plays Marsha Smith Nelson. She's not so gung-ho about Sam coming home to pretty much reconcile the relationship and to the point where if i'm sam and i'm seeing how my how my wife or my ex-wife's going about her business while knowing that there's an incident on the plane yeah i think i feel a type of way about that because in episode two she's just going about her day yeah i mean in the end he is the father of her child right like yeah. you should still be a bit concerned uh, about just it a little she's bit. just she's like in disbelief her boyfriend's time. more concerned about him than than she it's is it's true it's true yeah. and it's like he's like i don't want to care i don't want to care but i have to he's a good guy you can you tell he's something's like, up you can tell he's not a bad guy yeah um he's trying just to in help an unfortunate him out. position he's in an unfortunate position but he's in a position that he can actually help which makes it interesting yeah um what did you think of the plan itself? Does this go off as smoothly as these, as, as like the, the plan to take over the plane does? The plan to attack the one guy with the gun? Or no, the, I'm the talking about the way they got, they, the way they got, took over the cockpit. Does that go as smoothly? Oh. What do you think, Zach? I, I don't think it, it should have. I don't think it should have. I, I think maybe, you know, she probably would have died, right? Like if you had a if you had a better pilot in there or somebody who wasn't emotionally attached, <laughs> mo yeah, yeah, emotionally yeah. attached to her, like she probably would have died. I'm sure they would have sacrificed at least one person. You know, I don't know how far down the road that that, that would get. I imagine that would be such a horrible experience. But if if that were the case and you were the pilot, you know, I think you'd have to shut off the comms at that point and just not pay attention to what's going on behind you. Otherwise, like. You're eventually going to give in would be my guess. I, I think it's just human nature. Yeah. Uh, continuing on with uh, Detective Farrell here, Daniel Farrell. He actually contacts, seems an ex-girlfriend, but DCI Zara Gafur, who works for 
Uh, she seems to work for like the counterterrorism group or at least is connected to them in some way because she reaches out to her colleagues at the airport. And this is where it goes back to my point of I kind of feel safer on a plane now. Yeah. Because after 9-11, they added in this um, protocol that if a, f- a flight deviates from its pattern, it's it's like an, it's not an anomaly. Like it's something that is designed. Because one of the things we learn about these planes is like they fly themselves, you know? Yeah. The pilot is literally just turning a knob and it's just on this trajectory. And if he turns the knob to the right, it might go in like 10 minutes, it'll be about 12 miles off course of what his intended trajectory was, right? Yeah. So these lines, you know, if this was in place during 9-11, it probably would not have successfully occurred. They probably would have been shot out of the, out of the sky, to be honest with you. Well, I think um, there, were, there were other protocols as well that were just very different before 9-11. I'm not, I'm not terribly familiar with all of them, but well, security I'm, was not what it is today. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But another thing, these people, just because they get the plane back, let's say they got the plane back in control of the, of the pilot, but mm-hmm. that's not the case. Um, there's a high possibility this plane gets shot out of the sky because at the end of the day, it's not that they don't want to save them. It's that where can this plane go? And do more damage, you know. So it's it becomes that issue for the for they pass over several countries mm-hmm. in the first three episodes. They almost did get shot out of the sky because they and, weren't yeah. picking up the line for like what a solid what felt like forever by the Iraqi military. That's when I was having an issue with the show a little bit because the the terrorists on the plane are pretty mm-hmm. much um, they're playing it a little bit too lackadaisical with the pilots. Like you got one who's got her head bashed in. And then yeah. you got the other guy who you keep hitting, you know, like, what are you going to do? It seems like none, these, none of them who have hijacked this plane know how to operate a plane. No, I don't think any of them understand the complexities of what they're doing. They don't because the leader, Stuart, when, he, when this guy's clicking buttons and he's watching him click buttons, he obviously has no idea what's going on just by the yeah. way he's acting and, and what he's saying to the pilot. Yeah. I mean, everybody on this plane that is waving around a gun, uh, feels like somebody that was hired for a job and it's just that like they're just completely out of their element right and on top of that everything's already gone wrong Mm -hmm. uh i think that could have gone wrong you've got some little girl that found a bullet early on in the show you've got passengers already jumping you Uh, and on top of that you know it kind of feels like there's like some batman the dark knight joker action going on here where you've got you've got the bad guys like cleaning up everybody yeah i was i was hired to do this job i was hired to kill you what do you mean how do you see that in the show i see that down in the show with i forget the the woman's name that was in security but i mean she goes home and yeah Yeah. she was helping she she had a job to do here and now she's dead so your thought is that she was involved in the plan like yeah i I think she was i think she was legitimately involved in the plan no i don't I, I think you're wrong about that simply because she picks up the phone and her family scream like her kids are screaming on the other line. Like, well, if you're double crossed, like that, that could. I, I see two situations, and I, without going back to look at that specific point in, in the first episode, I don't know which way I'm leaning, but I think she was either a part of the plan and she let the guns go through, or by, I don't know, a, a happy coincidence for these bad guys, they were able to have her husband call her at the exact right time that the guy was going to go through security that had the gun so she didn't pick it up i think that, that just seems more far-fetched for me though i think that's what happened i think that the i think whatever it seems to be whoever's actually in control of this plan although i think there's the ringleader on the plane but who knows maybe i'm probably wrong 
it seems to be that they're off the plane because Stuart calls them in episode three and it goes to a voicemail. Mm-hmm. So they're taking orders from somebody else. We don't know um, what is the purpose of this at this point. My thought is that it's some sort of hostage negotiation thing where they're trying to release, like maybe like a high profile criminal yeah. from, um, from a prison or something like that. That's my thought process here. It doesn't seem like they have an intent to crash this plane into an area that would kill a lot of people. Yeah. Because it won't make it that far. I think after 9-11, like, it won't make it that far. No, um, it, it would be blown out of the air. Like, yeah, which I, is I horrible. Definitely. It's horrible either way, but it's, nonetheless, it's like damage control at a certain point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that whole, there's one person on one side of the train tracks or there's 20 on another. Which one are you going to do? Yeah. Like, which switch which, which yeah. are you going to pull here? Well, we know the, who the captain would pick. Well, yeah. His mistress was on the other side of the train the, track. He's the killing one. the 20. Yeah. <laughs> kill, yeah, kill, killing the 20 for the one. Yeah. They actually send the pilot to the seats. And um, I guess these people have never been on a, on a flight before. So they don't know that you can actually communicate in game chat with these games. They're really ill prepared as hijackers, I got to say. Yeah. Uh, you can actually speak to the, send messages to people's seats if they're playing the same game as you. I don't know if you knew that, Zach, but that uh, is a thing. I have never tried to play. Mostly, I mostly because I wouldn't want to talk to anybody sitting next to me on a plane. Um, no offense. No, but they're not like next to you. Next to you, they could be. Well, they the could be in the, the front or in the back. It, yeah. it doesn't matter where they are. But no, it's not something I've ever done. Hmm. How about you? Well, have you played games in a plane? Yeah, probably. I, I mean, I probably watch movies or TV shows more. But That's you what could, I do. More. You could play. You could play games there for sure. Well, Sam's character. Well, Sam is sitting next to this guy named Hugo, who's really annoying at first in the plane, mm-hmm. but um, they don't come up with a bad plan because there seems to be a like a 30-year veteran of the Egyptian military sitting two rows behind Sam yeah. who can tell that the guns have blanks. I don't know how he can tell because he hasn't seen a bullet, but he's assuming they have blanks because he's dealt with hijackers all the time, he says, and every time they it's blanks because they if, if you shoot a bullet in the plane... And it, you know, goes through the cabin. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're going to lose air pressure. Exactly. So, um, it is a good plan to start, but they don't pull off the plan fast enough because it seems the guns do have blanks, but that they also have bullets and they just haven't replaced the clips yet with bullets. So, I don't know if all of their guns are capable of, uh, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um. Of I don't know if they have enough bullets for all of the guns, is what I meant to say, or if Stuart's the only one who's going to get the gun with the bullets. But now, when episode three ends with um, the failed coup attempt, right? Because they mm-hmm. do the little drawing, they send it back to the girl, and she indicates that the bullet looked like B. Which, yeah. by the way, I saw that bullet, it didn't look like B. I, I could have sworn it was like a very smooth, round bullet. No, 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 it wasn't. It it looks it looked very much like B did. I don't remember um, what I don't remember what it looks like. It had a weird tip to it. It it looked it looked like it was like pinched shut, and when you f- would fire it, it would just like open. Oh, okay. Versus shoot a, a projectile out of it. Yeah, I don't I don't remember the details of what the bullet looked like at all anymore. Um, 
Anyways, we do end the episode with the gunshot being fired because we see Stuart going to fill, like, replace the the blanks with the real bullets in there. So, as far as we know, he killed somebody or shot somebody uh, in the leg. Who knows? He, but hopefully, he shot somebody and it didn't depressurize the the cabin. You know? Well, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Or or maybe shot into I don't know a suitcase full of something and didn't kill somebody. But I have a feeling we're gonna we're gonna show back up at the next episode with one dead. Yeah, I'd have to say so. I'd have to yeah. say so. Yeah, maybe the guy who was trying to get the insulin for his uncle, which is so sad. Like, that, well, the way like, he kept getting up for it. If you're gonna do it, do it fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, don't continue to get up and be like, what's your problem, man? Like, I don't know. He's a freaking hijacker. He's hijacked his plane. Mm-hmm. And then you got the little kiss-ass reverend going, look, he's nervous too. He's, he's never done this before. I'm like, buddy, you think I give a damn if he's hijacked the plane before? I'm on the plane. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I don't know who's going who's gonna to show up dead yet. Definitely a mystery. It better not be Idris Elba. There's no yeah, way. We open There's up. No, ep- we open up episode four. Silo move. It's just. <laughs> it's just Idris Elba done, and like, oh my gosh, right, uh, Gary did. Yeah, um, don't want to watch that now. Let's continue on here with the. Let's talk about the the blanks plan because if they had succeeded in doing it fast, they probably would have succeeded in getting the plane back. But you know what? My biggest issue with with episode three was. Hmm. Stuart leaves that cockpit for a long time in the front of the plane for a long time. Yeah. The pilot's sitting at the damn front of the plane. Yeah. He could have grabbed his mistress, gone in the damn cockpit and shut the door again and he would have regained control of the plane. Am I crazy in saying that or is there something I'm not aware of that they did to that door? I don't think they did anything to the door. I think you're probably right. I just don't think that the pilot has the balls to keep the door shut at this point. Dude. He's just already grab, let everybody down once. Grab your girl, grab the pilot that you bashed your head in with the bottle, bring them both into the freaking room and you do what you got to do. You land that plane. I just, I don't see this guy being that courageous. He, lo- he looks pretty weak to he, me. I well, mean, and, yeah. and I, I mean, on top of that, like you were left alone there. Like you probably could have adjusted the flight path a little sooner, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't say I would do that because I don't really know what would all be going through my mind, but definitely on retrospect, you know, I probably could have done some things a lot better. The hijackers also aren't, um, weren't prepared for the plan because they were supposed to start it three hours later. So they're actually like improvising at the moment. Yeah. Um, were you concerned about, uh, do you know the, the woman, Alice Sinclair, she works, uh, she's a traffic controller. She's the one who questions the false alarm. The original one who's late to taking her kid to school. Mm. Um, remember her? Yeah, I remember her. Okay. Were you concerned about how stupid her colleagues were? Very. Like, like that's that's one of the guys, like her boss, I guess, is one of the guys that makes me She's like, you feel unsafe what's going on flying? Here? Yeah, like, really? he's like, like people who are just trying to do the minimum at their yeah. job. Like, yeah. dude, they do not want to be inconvenienced. Like, hey, well, how about these people don't want to be on a hijacked plane? Yeah. But doesn't it just sound suspicious, right? Don't you don't you think you should double check? Yeah. He's like, uh, you know, I guess it's my job, but you know, it's, it's super annoying. Even um when uh Zara, the Daniel's ex lover, who he calls for freaking 
romantic uh, relationship advice. I mean, talk about being <laughs> uh, completely unaware. Yeah. A part of me hopes that the, you know, he ends up with her and then, you know, Idris comes back and gets back with his wife, you know, even yeah. though I'm not sure she's on my, uh, on my nice list right now. She, Cause she goes to deliver a lecture at a university almost at the exact same time as this going down, like literally the same day, but I guess she can't help it either. It's like one of the biggest days in her career. So, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose so, but still you, you'd think you'd be a little more comforting to your child while his father, your ex husband. Yeah. Uh, as you know on a hijacked plane potentially right like we know she knows at least that there's an issue but she doesn't yeah. want to believe it well what's the name of the son kai i believe yeah, right i believe so kai leaves the house with his backpack it makes me wonder where he's going any thoughts on where he's going mm, no i i mean maybe he's going to hang out with some fr- i don't know what he would do though right like what is it that he could really do yeah yeah all right, well, let's wrap this up. Uh, we're, just final thoughts. Where do you think this goes in episode four? Now that it ends with a gunshot, we have counterterrorism in the UK kind of with alert here of that something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And um, they're continuing to fly. And it seems the captain also put them on a reverse poor trajectory as well again. So Yeah, they're going to um, start zigzagging. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that... I think you're right in, in what you said earlier that they're not intending to crash the plane into something. I think they're intending to use the, the plane as a weapon, a but leverage, not as a like negotiation a, piece, some would say. Yeah, right. Um, because I like I don't think they wanted to kill anybody on the plane. I mean, you went in with blanks. You had to go find the one like the bullet that actually was had a real projectile. Um you shoot one person reluctantly like there wasn't like a you know firing one two three making sure that they're dead right yeah not that i yeah, heard, yeah. it was just a single shot so single shot i don't think they they went into this with the intent to have anybody killed really so you you could be onto something with you know using it as as leverage to get somebody out of prison i think the next episode we get a reveal on the ringleader whether it's like an actual show of their face or like one of those fake computer voices you know Mm -hmm. but i think we finally see or know what's going on and what the purpose of the hijack is and then i think detect the detective who's uh sleeping with uh, sam's wife um as kai so disturbingly discovered Mm -hmm. when he opened up his mom's yeah poor kid (laughs) don't open up your parents drawers you want to say anything about that zach no. I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> <laughs> oddly personal. Just, uh, <laughs> I'm just commenting on the show. If there's one thing I learned to do, it's not to open Don't up open. the side drawers. <laughs> <laughs> right. oh, well, I think he's going to discover something because you know how he gets the flight manifest of the different people on the plane? Yes. I'm interested to know it, what the hell Sam does. Is there more to him than just being a corporate business negotiator? Does he do something else that we don't know about? It kind of felt like, like, it kind of feels like a cover to a degree, right? right? Like, oh like yeah, you know, I just, I helped with, and that's what I was kind of saying earlier on, like, you know, I was expecting yeah. this to be the guy that, you know, you, you bring in for the negotiations, the, the tough ones. Um, but I don't know. I mean, could, could be real. Although he does seem pretty built for somebody that just handles corporate um, yeah. negotiation. Yeah. We'll see. Um, let's wrap this up. I'm glad it's a week to week release. So that's cool. Same. I'm I'm excited for it. When when's the next episode come out? 
Uh, next episode comes out on t- next Tuesday, and then um, we will do another one of these instant reactions to episodes four through seven, because this is only a seven-episode series, and a little housekeeping before we log off. We have concluded our silo series coverage, which is ranked number one in the world currently, and um, we would love for you to tune into that if you haven't checked out that series. It's an excellent sci-fi series based on the book Wool by Hugh Howey and stars Rebecca Ferguson. You can check that out. We did, I think, uh, close to 20 episodes, instant reactions and deep dives on that, and you can also check out our foundation coverage. We're doing episodes seven and eight this week of season one. 9 and 10 next week to catch up with the start, the premiere of season 2 of Foundation starting next Friday. And then we'll flip on over to an instant reaction, deep dive coverage of Foundation season 2, mixing and matching in our Hijack, Black Mirror, and Lupin coverage. Absolutely. Well, we do have a target to uh, to be the number one foundation podcast, just like yeah. we were for Silo, which was all due to everybody listening and now watching. Uh, so thank you for that. But yeah, thank you. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hijack by Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We are on YouTube, so be sure to take a look at us there at Soapbox Podcast Network. We've got different playlists for the different shows that we've been covering. You can visit our website at soapbox.house, email us at contact at soapbox.house. And again, there is a link in the description below to sign up to our quarterly newsletter. And there has been quite a few of you subscribing to it already, so thank you so much. Uh, And for those of you that have not subscribed yet, go ahead and do so. We'd love to see you there and stay in touch. And leave us a review, please. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the episode and let us know what you think about Hijack. Leave your comments, your reviews, everything. Take care. Peace. Have a great week. Peace. I believe there's a day and a place that we will go to and I know you want to share. There's no secret to live in, just keep on.